On February 22nd, 2020, David Ayres was the emergency backup goalie for the NHL team, the Carolina Hurricanes, against the Toronto Maple Leafs. He was instantly thrust into fame, became a NHL Hockey Hall of Famer. So it's my great pleasure to have both David and Sarah back on the Cappuccino podcast and talk about what the fame is like a year later and also... How is that Disney movie coming along about Dave's incredible journey from being a kidney transplant recipient as well as an NHL e-bug or emergency backup goalie? Coppuccino with Constable Brian. Real people, real stories. I am going to welcome the only professional sports athlete I've ever worn a sports jersey of and been booed as I queued up to go into a stadium. Thank you, David Ayers. And it was by a Toronto Maple Leafs fan as well. Where's the justice? Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's do our speed round because I know how much Sarah enjoys those. So, Dave, the best hockey movie of all time is what? Slapshot. Slapshot, 100%. Oh, nice, good work. Okay. Uh, Sarah, in 2021, my favourite NHL player was? Zach Hyman. Some people just don't change, eh? Uh, Dave, in 2021, <laughs> yeah, my favourite player was who? Mike andre Fleury. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Sarah, the last book you read was what? Oh, my goodness. I'm not allowed to say what it is. It's, I, okay. What's the one I'm saying? <laughs> Social media, yeah. Anyway, uh, Dave, Dave, breakfast, breakfast order in a restaurant, and your order is what? Oh, just bacon and eggs with toast for sure. Sometimes scrambled, sometimes sunny side up. Nice, good. Okay, um, Sarah. Apart from kiwis, the first thing that comes to your mind about New Zealand when I say New Zealand is what? It's always the New Zealand flag. Oh, really? That's always what I think. Yeah, it's always okay. what I think whenever yeah. I hear New Zealand. Yeah. Okay. By the way, I love the Indigenous Canada flag as well. That's awesome. Uh, just FYI. Uh, Dave, a hidden talent that you've got that you can't use when you're playing ice hockey? Oh, um, probably telling jokes. I've got a great sense of humor, but I can't do it when I'm in a yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she, she, she has this weird sense of humor. She doesn't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i got to be honest. I was very impressed with your trash talking to Dangle when you did the video, but we'll talk about that later on. <laughs> I can also do cartwheels, by the way, even though I'm almost 44 years old. Yeah, yeah. The family didn't believe me, and I did cartwheels, and they were, they were pretty if, surprised. If you, if you can do them with a full set of pads on, then I'm impressed, but otherwise, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Sarah, one sport that I cannot watch is what? Oh, um, oh goodness. You know what? It's horrible, but it's probably baseball. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's cool. All right. Uh, and Dave, what type of golf club is a foot wedge? <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> Sarah's, yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. Sarah's yeah. not on her foot right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She goes. All right, we'll just leave it at that. Okay, all right. So since we last, <laughs> since we last spoke in, on 27th of May, 2020, COVID has kind of gripped the world. Um, what's it been like for you guys in Ontario, Canada? Because to be fair... I watch global news every night and we've been sitting there going, huh? Okay. So this is open, but that's not open and everything else. So what's it been like for you guys? It's a head scratcher. I think uh, 
you just need to figure it out. Do one thing or the other. Stop trying to please one side. Stop trying to please the other side. You know, so you're never going to be able to please both sides. So yeah, you know, having to stay, having to stay in the house and not really get to do things, but you're allowed to go in in lineups at grocery stores, but you're not allowed to go, you know, to a movie or something like that and six, say six feet apart or something like that. It's just, it's silly, I think, but um, hopefully we're yeah. getting to the end of this and we'll be able to uh, go out and have some fun. Yeah, not wrong. Um, yeah, because I, I don't, to be fair, I don't think a lot of New Zealanders actually have any idea what's going on on the outside world because we've had uh, six weeks of solid lockdown and then after that we've had a few scares, but we still hug people and everything else. Um, so, yeah, we'll yeah. soon see when the world goes wild, I guess. Um, so it turns out that we have one degree of separation because my best mate from police college is a good friend of Toby Boulay's and we've done the photo. We've, you guys have shown me the photo. Dad of Logan Boulay, who was tragically killed in the Humboldt tragedy. Uh, so a big hello to Toby from Lincoln, the rest of New Zealand. I'm going to ask you guys this. What's the reason you think that most people are unsure or nervous about organ donation? Oh, there you go. You weren't expecting that, were you? I, that's a good one. And I think, you know, Sarah is pretty good at the organ donation stuff and she's pretty involved in that. Uh, obviously, if I tell my side of it being through it, you know, I can kind of explain it, but Sarah's one that has never been through an organ donation. So coming from someone who's not really been there, I think she's probably have a better answer. I think it's a matter of not being educated enough, number one. I was lucky enough that my mom was very much an advocate for organ donation and signing your organ donation card. So we learned right off the bat, you get your driver's license over here when you're 16. And it's one of the first things you do is sign your donation card. Um, so it's a lack of of talking about it, but also I think people feel the need that when they pass away, they want everything going with them. And it's like, you can save. we've talked to the kids and everything about it. And you can save up to is it seven, eight lives. And that with organ donation, the tissues, everything, you don't need it anymore. So why not give somebody the chance of sight or the ch another chance of, of life? Survival, yeah. yeah. It's a survival yeah. part of it for me is, was huge i think you know if i didn't have the kidney transplant and for some reason i wasn't able, able to make it which i was on dialysis and there was a bunch of people in there that have been there seven eight nine years waiting for a transplant and i was lucky enough to kind of be in and out in a year um but there's other people that are like that are waiting and people that are you know passing away uh their their organs are kind of going with them which you could be saving lives and allowing people to go on and do great things in their life yeah, it's a weird thing because as a police officer, I like one of the things that people always say to me is, I'd love to do your job to be able to save somebody's life or do something. And I'm like, you've got that opportunity. All you got to do is just sign a card and you can save seven or eight people. Yeah, anyway. So um, May 17th, 2004, Dave, yeah, the last pandemic we had, SARS, you are having a kidney transplant from your mum and the smack bang in the middle of the pandemic. What was that like? And how was the isolation then? Because you only had 17 days of isolation, but what was that like then compared to now? Yeah, that was uh, that was weird being in the hospital with that. I think, it, you know, it's, I guess it's fairly similar to now. You know, everybody, nurses, doctors, you couldn't tell who was in the room with you. They were covered from head to toe and all you could see was their eyes through the glasses. And, um, it was just uh, very strange. But I, you know, at, at the time of going through everything, I, I don't think I was as concerned about the SARS as I was of whether I was going to live through, you know, the kidney damage that I was dealing with at that yeah. point. So um, now, you know, obviously, you know, I'm not having to worry about the kidney part of it. And, and, and I kind of see, you know, what's going on with, with all the nurses and the doctors and stuff like that. And I'm glad I'm not, I haven't had to go to the hospital at this point in time. I think the SARS for me is a little bit yeah. easier. 
Yeah. Um, how did you deal with the isolation? Because, I mean, let's be honest, that was a fair while ago. You were sort of in your, in your heyday. Um, how did you deal with the isolation? Um, it wasn't too, too bad for me. Uh, I was in the ICU unit for two, three weeks. Uh, and that was terrible. You weren't allowed to have a phone or, or anything. So you were just kind of, and the nurses stayed out of your room for as long as possible. So you felt like I was you're isolated for, for three weeks at that point. Um, and that, that wasn't fun. Um, but the isolation now actually was harder than the isolation back then. Yeah, I, I think probably this time around it's because you're so close, but you can't actually do stuff. Whereas if you're in a hospital bed, you know, you, you're kind of stuck there. So, okay, Sarah, how do we get more people right. to sign, sign up for organ donation? Because in Canada and New Zealand, it's so incredibly easy, but so many people are just put off. So it's, how, do, how do you guys think that we get more people interested in organ donation? It's talking, basically. It's making sure that your dinner conversation tomorrow night or tonight for you guys is... Uh, you sit down and you explain it to your children, you explain it to family members and how important your needs are for having your organs donated um, and make sure they know because sometimes people don't sign cards and it's left up to the parents to decide or for children to decide for their parents. And if you know verbally that that's what their wishes are, then you can go ahead and do it. But the best way is everything is online now. All you have to do is look up whatever uh, province, country you're in and Google it and it will tell you it's so, so very easy to do it. I think it took us, I made sure mine was done again, because even though we did it when I was 16, you just kind of want to make sure. And that's the one thing I can stress for everybody is just make sure that you're registered. And it came back and said, yes, they're registered. And I think the greatest, one of the greatest feelings for us was my daughter got a letter in the mail when she was 16, right before she turned 17. And it was from the government of Ontario stating that thank you for signing your organ donor card. And we didn't prompt her to do it. We just had the discussion and she went ahead and this is what she chose to do. And it was just a very proud moment that it's something so selfless that you can do. Even if you can be a live donor for somebody, there's, there's people on waiting lists that, that need organs so badly and need a kidney and, and, or part of a liver or something. Yeah, yeah so uh, folks, if you are listening and you are based in Canada or you're based in New Zealand and you only take one thing from this podcast, please go and become an organ donor because that would make team years and Constable Brian extremely happy. Uh, okay, yes. Dave. <laughs> yeah, it would. It really would. Uh, Dave, do you think you would have made the pros if you hadn't had your kidney issues? And if you're in the draft, we know that you're a cane for life now, so you're all good, all right? But if you're in the draft <laughs> and, and you weren't a cane for life, who would you have wanted to go to? Uh, uh, I always wanted to play hockey somewhere warm. So, you know, we went to Tampa and Tampa was great. Um, and we're going to go to LA and I'm sure it's going to be great too. I just, I just love the summertime hockey for me. I love it. I, I'm not a huge, living in Canada, I should be used to the cold and working in hockey rinks, I should be used to it. I still don't like it. So I'll take, uh, I'll take Tampa. Plus they just won back to back Stanley Cup. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And that'll explain why Canadians look at me strangely when it's minus 37 in Calgary and I'm walking to the supermarket and they're all like... <laughs> What the hell are you doing? I'm like, I only get the chance once in a lifetime. Um, Sarah, <laughs> how many podcasts do you guys think that you have done, you and Dave have done roughly, and apart from this one, and our main man, Trip Tracy, what's been your favourite one to do so far? 
You know what? We really enjoy doing the one with you. I will honestly say it's the questions are different and it's just, it's so easygoing and that, and I think we really enjoy it. We were both looking forward to this one, but uh, as in podcast, Dave's done more than I have. And I would say that he's probably, he's up in the hundreds anyways of, of doing them. I did spit and chicklets, which was a, was a pretty fun one to do. Those guys are funny. So, um, and I did one with Matt Stucco, who's Mm -hmm. hilarious too. He's really good. Uh, great guy it's so funny um yeah i've done so many of them you can't you don't really remember them all until someone kind of prompts you to to remember them so yeah i gotta be honest they're fun they're all fun i I gotta be honest like every week i'm like let's just punch in david ears hey look there's another one i'll never listen to that (laughs) you guys have done everything from ask the experts zamboni podcast i was like zamboni have got a podcast that's unbelievable uh yeah to sarah's travel without a passport one um and all i'm going to say sarah's (laughs) Listen to your husband get the passport application forms done early. Uh, yes. What's, yeah, what's been the weirdest request that you've ever had since the entire thing blew up? For, for you both. Wow. Because uh, I, I know that somebody you... asked me to drive a Zamboni into the mall oh, one yeah. time. Yeah. Somebody yeah. asked me if I would, t- would do something with driving a Zamboni through the mall. And I, you know, it's a little different, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of taking the Zamboni thing to the next level. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not really sure. There's so many, and I think I'll come up with one after this. <laughs> but uh, I think that's probably the weirdest one I can think of right now. Yeah, I think more than anything, it's just every day there's there's somebody asking for an autograph or or. Um, every day. Yeah. Every day it's an autograph or a picture. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was coaching goalies today and. Uh, one of the kids asked for a picture and we dropped off my bike to get fixed yesterday and kids noticed me and they asked for pictures. So it's kind of cool. I think it's really, it's really neat yeah. to have, uh, especially the kids. Yeah. Uh, they love the story. So I think it's uh, always make time for the fans for sure. But actually I think the oddest request was when we were in Saskatchewan and the guy came oh. up, asked him for his autograph on his skin and he went and got it tattooed on him. And I think that would be the, uh, that was different. Yeah. yeah that's cool. That's all right. You need to do what Sylvester Salone does, Dave. <laughs> Because he has kids come up to him all the time and he says, who do you think I am? And they're like, Rocky. And he's like, nah, he said, I'm his ugly twin brother. Uh, so. <laughs> all right. So I heard in a podcast somewhere, Dave, that you once played rugby. Right. I said, all right. Can you tell me what, pos- yeah. Can you tell me what position you played? Uh, I was, well, I was small. So I was like way out, like on a flank. But, uh, I just decided to try to play hooker one time just because I just thought the name was fun. So I, I tried that position and I wasn't very good at it. That's what I played. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I wasn't very good at it. Yeah. I was like in, in school, I was probably 5'8, maybe 140 pounds if I was lucky. So I kind of got tossed around by the bigger guys. Yeah. And how did you find the no pads thing? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's cool. yeah. You know what? Yeah. You know what? You know what I, The reason why I stopped playing rugby is because my best friend was we were playing in gym class, and some, he went to tackle somebody, and he snapped his forearm in half right in front of my face. So that was yeah, uh, that yeah, was, that yeah, stopped. Yeah, because a lot of <laughs> a, a lot of New Zealanders watch professional uh, sports from North America or America, and they look at them and they're like, "Yeah, they've all got pads on, and they're this and that, and everything else." And then I'll show them a couple couple of hits where guys have gone into boards and their shoulders have separated, and they're like. Oh, yeah, okay. Those pads, yeah, I can understand them now. So that's all good. <laughs> okay, so you got the chance to uh, even the score with Steve Dangle on the rink 
earlier on this year after his epic meltdown that went viral through Canada. It looked like a lot of fun and you completely <laughs> smashed him. Do you think Steve now realises the importance of Zamboni driving goalies? <laughs> <laughs> I think he, uh, he knows the importance of being a goalie and how, how hard it is. It's not yeah. exactly easy. If you saw it, he had a hard time standing up at some point. So I just had to make him look funny because he tried to make me look funny on the internet. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I had to be honest. The second, you, the second you said, hold your stick properly, do this, I was like, he's in a world of here. Here we go. <laughs> he's actually a great guy. So it was oh, yeah, a lot of yeah. fun hanging yeah. out with him that day. Yeah, it looked like a lot of fun, uh, but I felt his pain. I was just like, yeah, good. Um, Sarah, <laughs> you did a great podcast with Dean Blundell and Jen Shafira about women, uh, women's hockey and hockey culture. How nervous were you about doing that podcast? Because that had the potential to be an absolute minefield, didn't it? I, I mean, I sent you a yep. text afterwards and said, well done, because I was sitting there listening to it going, oh, this could be tricky. <laughs> you could be going off a cliff, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, Dean's good. It's He gets you doing those kind of podcasts, so that kind of, uh, you try to break the barrier a little bit, but I was worried about a little bit of repercussions from it. I think Dave gets a little bit worried too, and he's he's the one that kind of grounds me with that stuff and just says, just watch what you do. But all in all, like women's hockey is coming up here, and I think it's super important that we start paying attention. I've got two nieces growing up that played hockey and they're, they're in their twenties now, but they were amazing hockey players and it was a joy to go and watch them. So it's scary anyway, when you put something different out on social media or podcasts, say that you're scared that there's going to be repercussions no matter what. But I think when it's something that you really believe in, there's no point in hiding it. Yeah. I think um, women's hockey is going to go the, the way that women's rugby has in New Zealand. For so often it was sort of second fiddle, and now we've actually yep. got um, women's rugby doing really, really well. Here's a $64 million question for you both. How long do you think it is before we get a NHL coach who's a female? Oh, not long. No, I'd, I'd give it another couple of years, and I think it'll be I in think, there. Uh, well, I think the first person would be, for me, would be Haley Wickenheiser, mm -hmm. and you know she's in with the Leafs and then development and stuff, and you know, I've been on the ice with her many times and she's great at what she does. And she just went and got her, uh, she's a doctor now. So yeah. I'm not sure she's going to want to take on coaching in the NHL, but yeah. she's uh, a great person and a super, super smart uh, hockey woman. She probably can't afford the pay cut, to be fair. Let's be honest. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, you guys are both pretty private people. How has all the attention been since February 22nd? Um, it's just hard. To, it's not hard to get used to. Uh, it's just weird um, when you go places. And for the most part, we have masks on everywhere we go up here. Yeah. Um, but people still people still recognize us, both of us. Um, and so a lot of the times people see, they look at Sarah and then they'll be like, and then they'll look at me and then they and then they figure it out. Um, it's probably the big blonde hair that's walking around beside me. But she's, uh, she's good with it and, and I'm good with it, like I said. Um, it's a pretty good story. It's a feel-good story. Uh, whether it was me or somebody else, it was, it's a still a pretty cool story. So to have people come up to you and stop you and, and say hi and tell me where they were that night while they were watching it, how they were so excited or they were Leaf fans and they were hoping that I was going to get blown out. Um, still pretty cool to hear all the different stories. I love, let's be honest. I think Liz. it's... Uh, Go on. No, I was just saying, Dave, Dave dealt with it really, really well. And it's now... We were riding our bikes... Um, was it a couple days ago and we were up some trail over here and there was a guy mowing his uh the lawn with on a tractor a riding tractor and he stopped us because he recognized dave or 
we were in a store yesterday and uh, the guy was writing my name down on a piece of paper and he said, are you any relation to Dave Ayers? And all I did was point to the side because he was standing right beside me. And then they, they started taking pictures and that. So it's fun to see it. Like there's no harm in any of it. Um, it did. It was adjustment period, but now it's just, it, it's just neat to see it all happen. Yeah. Cause lots of people live vicariously through Dave and his achievement there, you know, they're sort of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I could have maybe done something like this. Yeah. So it's, it's great. It's really good to see. Yep. It makes for some really cool tweets from you as well, Sarah, where you, there was a good one where you went to a laundromat or something and an hour and a half later, he's still talking hockey with somebody inside. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my wife gets the yeah, same. So works. Yeah. Yeah. My, I showed my wife <laughs> and she laughed. She's like, ah, same, same. Uh, right. So, um, <laughs> Okay, ahead of the Matthew Tachuk leg shot, that night has won the best and greatest moment of 2020's season, but the fan favourite. Um, you've got the Hall of Fame Famer label now. You've got upper deck cards, and holy heck, how much are those things worth? Uh, I hope you've got five or six of <laughs> those tucked under the stairs. Does it all seem surreal? Does it seem like a lifetime ago now since it all happened? Yeah, it seems like forever ago now. Um, one of the kids asked me today, are you going to go back and play? And I said, I put my gear on maybe twice in the past year and a half. So um, it's going to take some adjusting when I do get back on the ice. But it does seem like so long ago. Uh, some days it, it doesn't seem very long ago. It all depends on what kind of uh, memory pops up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, how many times have you watched the game since then? Uh, twice. Yeah, I, I watched it twice, uh, once on CBC up here in Canada and then once on the Carolina feed. That's it. You know, there we've you been, I did an autograph signing and they were playing highlights of it behind me, but I, I just couldn't sit and watch the game because my style uh, was terrible. I felt like I was a robot out there. I wasn't very, very good. I was just trying to be very protective, but um, uh, I would love to get a chance to do it again. That's for sure. That'll be, I'd be a little bit looser, a little more comfortable, I think, out there. There you go. Hopefully there's a chance you might play for the Flames one day, Dave. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so last time we spoke, you were talking about movies being planned and everything else. And I think you had just literally started to sit around the table. How's the progress going on that? Um, it's, it's pretty good, actually. Sarah and I are going to, to LA August 2nd. Uh, we're going to meet the producer, director, uh, Will Perlman. He's awesome. So we're going to go down there and we're going to meet with him and probably talk about where we go next with all the movie stuff. I know they picked a writer and uh, there was two guys to choose from. And the one guy I talked to actually almost daily, he, he didn't get the gig. So the guy I talked to for a couple hours did. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to have to uh, get out to chat with him for a while, I'm sure. And uh, he seems great too. So I'm, we're excited to get yeah. it going. Nice. That's all good. So your story is going to be a Disney movie, which I think is great. Cause look, let's be honest. It really is a real-life Disney story anyway, isn't it, to be fair? Um, do you have – and you don't have to say anything. Have you got any idea about any of the actors or actresses yet? No, I think that's the last – one of the last things they do is uh, they pick an actor or actress. Um, they write the story first, and then they find the director, and then they pitch it to to the yeah. actors, actresses, and uh, see what they, what they think about, right? So uh, we may get a few more details on that. By the middle of August, hopefully. So nice. See what happens. That's all good. Okay. Are you guys nervous about it? Because having been on the small screen myself, you get a little bit nervous about things sometimes and how they're going to portray you. Or I, I, I don't have that mannerism, do I? Um, and there's a potential that it could be sort of, 
Eddie the Eagle meets Cool Runnings meets the Mighty Duck. Um, <laughs> so are, you, are, you, are either of you worried about it? All great movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Sarah probably would be more more worried than than I am. I think I'm kind of the chilled, relaxed of the two, and I think she's more of. The, I'm a little bit more high strung than he is. So well, that's because yeah. that's because he gets to be the hero in the story as well, doesn't he? To be honest, so it's like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, never mind rescuing the fair maiden from the castle. It's like, yeah, I'll come out and save the day and win the hockey game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Dave, one of my favourite players, and he's also a goalie, uh, a gentleman called uh, Barb Bialik from the Auckland Marco, is interested in the road to pro hockey, primarily junior hockey. Where did you play and how did the pro opportunity come up for you? Yeah, well, I played all my minor hockey and then I went to a couple of just uh, junior camps and stuff like that. And I, to be honest, I was all hockeyed out. Um, and then I just wanted to go play with my brother and his buddies. I didn't want to be competitive anymore. And so I did that for a few years. Um, and then I got sick. Right before I got sick, I went to a, a bunch of uh, pro, semi-pro camps up here. And then I got sick my transplant off for a year and I battled back. Um, and I was asked by a team to go down there and I, and I just said, no, I wasn't ready to go uh, sort of thing. Right. And um, I got the, the opportunity when I started with the Toronto Marlies. I was actually working with them, and two weeks into it, I uh, one of the guys I knew that was there, he said, bring your gear. We got a couple of injured players, and I went out, and they skated with two or three injured players, and they said, man, you're pretty good. Like, you know, they kind of asked, you know, what, where I played and whatnot, and then uh, they asked me to come back the next day, and then it was the next day, and then eight years later, I was <laughs> still with them. So that's how I got that. And the emergency goalie thing came because Kyle Dewis, who's the GM of the Leafs was actually the GM of the Marlies. Um, and I knew him fairly well. And he knew that I was on the ice all the time with the Marlies. And once it came up, he, he offered me uh, the spot and I wasn't going to say no. Actually, we got offered that spot to be the emergency goalie the day after our wedding. I think I got a phone call at nine. Oh, it was early. Nine o'clock in the morning, <laughs> the day after our wedding. Nice. And, yeah. uh, Sarah's like, I guess we're not moving to Calgary because we were talking about moving to Calgary. And she's like, I guess we're staying, staying here. So we did, and the rest is history. Yeah, I heard, I heard that you guys were moving to Alberta. I was like, that close to being a flame, Dave. What were you thinking? Anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so question from a lady called Claire. It's both been, it's been an incredible dream come true after many years of training and playing and being part of the hockey community for you both. What's the biggest takeaway message that you would both – have for us all from your story that's an easy one isn't it go first on that one yeah yeah for her yeah the, my thing is always just the uh well you know what i got to sit here and and watch him persevere through absolutely everything and and he never once gave up and he he just he tried his heart out and i've seen him extremely sick and roll out of bed and go to practice and it's something to be admired um, and even for our children to see that no matter what, he's still plugged away and there's opportunities out there for everybody. And he could have gone the complete opposite way and started almost mourning what was going on with him and his body. And he chose not to, and he, he never ever gave up. And whether it's somebody in real life, somebody who's going through hardships, somebody who's going through an organ failure, anything along those lines it's it's the perseverance that he uh he stuck it out and i think we as a family are so very proud of him and i think uh a lot of people in the hockey world are so very proud of him uh, to be yeah, honest i think, I think uh, a lot of people around the world are proud of him to be fair 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's the passion for the game too. I think it's just and it's just the passion to to be alive and, and be active. Um, just trying to get the best out of what you do. It doesn't matter what you do. Um, just work at it, you know, and nothing's easy. You know, like Sarah said, I, I've been to the point where I've been super, super sick or injured to the point where I felt like I couldn't even walk to the car to go to practice that day. And I would still go um, and get on the ice and, you know, you're not, you're not complaining about it. You're just happy that you're able to get there and you're able to do it. Uh, I think everybody should be that way. Get the best out of your life and, and never give up on, what your passion is and, and, and where you want to go. How old were you when you started playing ice hockey, Dave? And what made you take up ice hockey? I know your dad and your, your brothers were all ice hockey players, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, being a, a Canadian kid, uh, I was basically born to play hockey. Like you said, my dad and my brother were, were there, and I was at the rink when I was, you know, still you know being held by my mom and just a, just a little baby, and it was, I guess it's in my blood at that point, but I think I got on skates at four, started playing a little bit of hockey at that time, and then actually started putting my goalie pads on at six years old. And um, it was just one of those things where my brother would get my dad hand me downs, and I would get my brother hand me downs. It was just me for my parents to this uh, hockey. Yeah, I think, and I again, I think that's something that some New Zealanders don't realize that you guys play hockey like we play rugby. So when I go up to the rinks up in Canada, we have a game of shinny. I actually have to take a rugby ball because I get owned by like five and six year olds because I can't skate anyway. <laughs> and then I'm like, let's just play some rugby on the ice. That'd be way easier. And I'll look, I'll look way cooler. Yeah. Um, so once the borders open up, have you guys ever thought about visiting New Zealand? Not from me, from Carl. Um, and would you consider a game for the Auckland Marco if you do, Dave, even if you're like 63 in the shade, right? Uh, if I can make that happen for you. A hundred percent. I think I said to, to Sarah, like I we always wanted to go, always wanted to go down there. The only thing that's deterred us so far is the flight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, being oh, yeah. that long yeah. um, isn't good for the butt. But um, I a hundred percent would bring my hockey gear down there. Nice. You probably uh, probably wouldn't it, need to. We we could probably find you somewhere. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would take it. That's for sure. That'd be a great opportunity. All right. All good. Okay. Right. So in the middle of a pandemic, you guys decide to open up shop with backup goalie life apparel, because that's what you do in the middle of a pandemic, isn't it? Start a business uh, <laughs> and sell apparel. And just so in case you're listening and you are a Canadian listener, it's www.backupgoalielife.com. How did that come about? Whose idea was yeah, that? You can, talk, you can talk about that one. Well, Dave always wanted to have his own hat and he's a big hat guy. And I can tell you there's probably about 300 hats in my house that and uh, they're all in boxes. And he just, well, I'm trying to give them away. I'm trying to donate them and he just won't uh, let them go. Like it's, Dave, it, it's hard. Yeah. Um, I gotta, I gotta so be that I'm exactly, uh-uh. exactly the same uh, <laughs> with, with my hats. I can see you one behind you. Uh, my wife's exactly the same. She's like, the last thing we need in the world. I saw that behind you. Yeah. The last thing <laughs> we need in the world is another hat. The good news is Dave, I've sent you a package for your birthday. I think there's some more hats in there just quietly. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I how did it... need more hats. We're, we're actually yeah. going to start making uh, some new ones with a different logo on them now. We've nice. got a couple different logos, but we're uh, we're changing up. I like to change it up. I like different styles of hats. I like different logos on my hats and stuff. And um, it was just one of those things where I said to Sarah, "I'm like, I just need to." Uh, we sat down there, and we probably did a hundred different logos and different. We we're just throwing ideas around, and 
and honestly we were just gonna make i was gonna make five hats and just for me and mm-hmm. you know i sent a couple of images to a few of my buddies and like oh you need to make that like you need to make that hat like it's, it's pretty cool and i'm all about comfortable hats so um this hat was super comfortable when we got um when we got one to try on and and i just said let's make a few and then next thing you know a few turns into hundreds mm-hmm. and they're going out the door and um and same with the shirts and the hoodies are super comfortable um and, and that's a, that's just how i guess how our lifestyle is you know since you're working from home and you can't really go anywhere you might as well be comfortable yeah so that's the way you looked at it not wrong speaking of designs i know that you guys started off having sort of this is sarah's design this is dave's design did you keep any figures on <laughs> who won who won the design war <laughs> well, this one, this one was my design, the circle. Yeah, uh, with the bug life, that was my design. She actually said, "I don't, I don't like that," and it ended up being the main logo yeah. so far. Uh, but the next one that we have coming out is a pretty cool, pretty cool logo. But uh, we'll, we'll give you a sneak peek at that one. Um, no worries, because if I get another obnoxious DM from some mates in Canada going, "Hey, I've got mine. Where's yours, loser?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, it's they're cold, they're brutal, my <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what's next, Dave? Are you still going to play for the Marlies? Has your contract finished with the Marlies? And are you going to open up your academy again? Yeah, it actually, we just started. I started coaching goalies a lot more now, um, and throughout the summer, I'm going to coach a lot more. Uh, I love it. That's that's my thing. That's my passion. I love to coach it, and, and you see kids progress and get better, and it makes you feel so much better about your teaching styles too. Um, but yeah, I, I talked to briefly to a couple of Marley's equipment guys and stuff, and uh, it sounds like they want me back there at least to practice for a bit. So hopefully I'll get another year out of this old body, and uh, I'd be happy at that point if I can get one more year out of it. Would you settle down with the old man jobs as well, please? Yep. I'm six years older than you are, remember? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sarah, I didn't realize you coached. Are you going to coach again? No, never. <laughs> yeah. Have you thinking yeah. about it? Um, you know what, when I did it, it was just my, my guys were really, really little and it was just defensively and I had a lot of fun doing it, but, um, I, I am a yeller in that. So, and he's very calm where I'm the complete opposite. So, um, I've got on the ice a couple of times with Dave doing it, but he's a bit of a drill sergeant and I'm not very good for his standards of, uh, mm-hmm. of hockey. I think so, that you could skate better than her. Yeah, probably. 100%. I, when I met Sarah, she's like, yeah, I played hockey in high school. We I went, did. We went out onto the ice. I'm like, you played hockey? Like, ever? <laughs> you know, she, she had a hard time shooting and skating, so I didn't really believe it. I don't multitask very well. I don't okay. multitask. So, yeah, that's right. To have her as a coach, uh, I, I probably wouldn't put my kid no. on that team. No, not to go on the ice, but oh. I think I'm very good at delegating to people. Yeah, she can delegate. Yeah, I can yeah. open the door very well for the, the kids to get on and off the right. ice. Water, water sounds, yeah. sounds like a challenge because eventually when I come up, I'll be up in winter, so we might have to have a skate-off just to see who's yes. the worst skater, right? I'm taking it. <laughs> yeah. All right. I just, can I just say, if we do have a skate-off, don't stand anywhere near me because I'm like Milan Lucic with an octopus, crossed with an octopus, so I'll just go everywhere, Okay. All <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Now, you guys think I'm joking. I'm not. Yeah. It's like uh, the big questions. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to feel it. Yeah. Who wins the Stanley Cup next year? Ooh. Oh, Dave. Dave, you go first. You know what? If if, uh, if Carolina won, I may just get one of those uh, rings. Maybe not the real ring, but uh, something that they can they can wear on my finger and put in the house or something like that. That'd be. Yeah. 
that'd be great. But I, I you know, I, I think that uh, it's going to be wide open. I think Toronto's got a lot of talent. Uh, and I'd like to see them win. Um, but you never know. I think Tampa Bay, even though they're, they're kind of splitting up a little bit, they're going to be tough to beat. Sarah, who wins it? Oh, you're going to say the Leafs, aren't you? Whoever Zach Hyman goes to. They, yeah, uh, there's big yeah. talks that he's a free agent this year. So um, I honestly think Colorado has a really, really good shot with it. Um, I would have liked to have seen them go a little bit farther than what they did. Um, I can't really say Toronto because every time I say Toronto, it, it, something bad happens. So it's uh, I can't put my money on them, even though it's what my heart wants. I'm, I'm saying nothing. I'm just being very professional. Uh, the biggest, <laughs> Who's going to be the biggest trade in the offseason? Wow. Uh, well, I think from Toronto, some, they've got to get rid of somebody with that's uh, in the $11 million range just to kind of open it up a little bit for them so they've got more room to spend on some D. And, uh, sounds like they're going to need another goalie. So um, that's going to be, I think someone's going to go from there. But, I, you know, I think that you're going to see someone with a big name that's been somewhere for a really long time. I think, I, I think someone's going to be on the move, so. We'll see what happens. Well, I think what's scary for us right now is the expansion draft happens in a couple weeks, so yeah. or next week next maybe. Week. Um, so it's always scary to see who goes. You get your heart set that this is your team, and then you get a couple guys gone from it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. It'll be interesting to see how Seattle does through it all as well. I, I was a big Vegas fan the first year <laughs> they went on that big run with you know they called themselves misfits of all the different guys from different teams put together, and you know what they they all played well. You know, there was really no expectations, and they went and had fun, and they went on one crazy run. So mm-hmm. I'd like to see uh, Seattle do something similar to that too. Just to be yeah. good for the game of hockey. All right. Now, speaking of the Vegas Golden Knights, the Visnia Trophy Trophy winner next season is who? Ooh. Uh, I think Vasilevsky's going to win it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's due for it, right? He's just so good. Mm-hmm. He moves so fast, and um, he's got the team to help him out in front of him. So I, I think he's going to take it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Sarah, question for you. What have the Maple Leafs got to do to win the Stanley Cup, in your opinion? Um, they have to find their heart because I think in the in during the regular season, they've got it and they've got the drive, but something happens with the breakdown. And we thought they'd need a couple veterans to show them how to get through the playoffs. And we had two great ones in Thornton and Spetson. and it just wasn't enough. But the top guys, when you're making that much money, you've got to show up. So I think it's a matter of, they're still really, really young too. Like they're what, 21, 22, 23 for the most part. So they're young, but yeah, they've got, they've got lots of time, but it would be interesting to see them get a little bit farther than the first round. And I think just to shake off that whole first round curse that uh, the stigma is around them with. I think mm-hmm. they lock the media out of the dressing mm-hmm. rooms and shut off social media um, so they don't have to listen to anything around them yep. and just go out and play their games. I think yeah. that's uh, a big thing in Toronto. I know for a fact some of the guys that have played in Toronto say the media is really hard on you and it's in your brain. So mm. if you can get rid of that, then that would be much better. Yeah, I mean, I know you guys will find this staggering, but in New Zealand we don't get a lot of hockey coverage. Uh, but I follow, <laughs> I obviously follow the hockey, but I look at the Toronto press and the way that they are to some of the leaves. Like one of my favorites, Big Save, Big Save Dave Riddich came to you guys, and yeah. within inside three games, he was just pulled apart and ridiculed and everything else. I was just like, jeepers, that's yeah, anyway. I guess, uh, Dave, what have the Hurricanes got to do with the Stanley Cup? Not much, not much. They've got, um, they've got to sign another goalie. Uh, Ned's pretty good and. 
I think they Mrazek and Reimer are both uh, free agents now, so they got to figure out what they're going to do with that. But uh, they got such a good young team, and uh, they just need to bring a couple of guys back and maybe one or two more pieces to the puzzle. And I think that they're uh, they're very very close. They need mm. a little more toughness. They were pretty Tampa kind of walked all over them, uh, just threw them around in some of the games, and uh, they need somebody that's going to stand up to that. And you look at Tampa, the they're well-formed team and they got some big guys and some little guys and some medium guys. Right. So I think that's, uh, that's what Carolina needs. So a little bit more thickness to the lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not wrong. Um, in rugby, we've got a saying, you have to lose one to win one. And that's the way I think the hurricanes are. I think they're really close. Like you say. Um, so yeah, wait and see. Uh, one upcoming player we should all be watching is who Sarah, you can go first on this one. Oh my goodness. Who's the, the Cole Caulfield from uh, Montreal? I think in a couple of years, he's going to be an Austin Matthews type player. I think he's, he's fast. He's quick hands. I think he'll be quite interesting over the next couple of years to watch. Yeah. I, I like Makar off of uh, Colorado. You know, he's been in the league for, uh, you know, a couple of years now, but I still think he's got a ton of growing to do. And he's going to be one of the very elite uh, D men in the league. All right, no worries. Uh, for me, it's Dustin Wolf. You guys probably haven't even heard of him, but go and have, go and check him out. He's an amazing goaltender. Happens to be in red as well, just quietly. Uh, all right, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. After Markstrom, we might have Wolf next season. We'll, we'll wait and see. Um, so uh, on social media, because Dave needs the plug for social media, because he really sucks at Twitter, doesn't he, Sarah? Quite badly. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's, so, he's lacking in that department. As of last night. David is 901 on Twitter had 38 tweets with 2,861 followers. Please follow Dave on Twitter. Sarah at 35 years <laughs> had 21,000.7 followers. All right. Yeah. So uh, go and follow either or. Um, yeah. Dave, just up, up your ante on Twitter. How many tweets did she have? Uh, how many tweets did Sarah have? I couldn't actually count. I couldn't count. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, look, I actually said it's the first time I've ever done it and went I, it doesn't actually have a record of the numbers here it's like oh well, yeah. no I, I think they gave up I think it's like average of 10 per day yeah 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 um, but if you really want to put a fire under her butt uh just Uh-oh. look for the check mark beside my name oh goodness me Woo, okay <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's all good. Yep, no worries. Yeah, uh, on, Instagram, <laughs> on Instagram, it's backup goalie life apparel is underscore 35, and it's David is all one word again. Go to go and follow Dave, please. He needs the followers, um, and it will keep them both happy as well. Okay, wait, 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 wait. He doesn't, he doesn't need any more followers on Instagram, he's got enough on Instagram. You can send them my way because oh, right. I'm, okay. I'm lacking in that department. So, yeah, I just need to get to 20,000 followers on yeah. Instagram just so that Sarah can. Be quiet a little bit. <laughs> her yeah. You're probably just next time you're sounding the siren and rally, you just need a big, like a jumbo jumbotron behind you. This is follow me. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. Yeah. yeah. So, no worries. Okay, guys. Uh, that is that. Us. Thank you very much for your time yet again. Hopefully, what are we? 2022. I'll be up there and I'll be able to see you in person. It's been an absolute pleasure and privilege again. Okay. Right. Thank, Thank you. you, Brian. Cappuccino with Constable Brian. Real people, real stories. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss his next podcast.